Hello, welcome to a brand. Do I sound hoarse? Am I hoarse? No. I feel like I sound hoarse. Gargle some red drink. No, no. no. (laughs) Hi, welcome to a brand new episode of Shellheads. I am your host, Sergio. And that guy over there is definitely not your host. Oh, except that he's totally your host. Yes, that. Wait. Yes. And I'm not your host. No. That's Jeff. Oh, yes, that's me. Jeff Hubbard. That's me. I'm Sergio Lugo. Welcome to Shellheads. Uh, it's been a couple weeks. It has. What did we talk about last time? It was... Uh, we talked about... Uh, so, oh, Fred some, Wolf, uh, the, the, yeah, the 87 some, cartoon. Yes, more cartoons. Okay. All right. All right. Well, well th- this week, we're going to talk about Tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, mm-hmm. uh, a, a very storied, short-run comic book from the late 80s. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of history in there and a lot of characters to, to, to dive into. I, I'm really excited. Uh, it is a companion book that was released in the late 80s to kind of serve as a, a book that Mirage publishes, publishes during the months they're not publishing the regular Tales or a regular Turtles book. So think, like, I don't have how I have justified this in my brain was to think Superman comics in the nineties. Like there was a Superman comic on the shelf every week throughout the nineties, mm-hmm. but they, they were, they all kind of built on the same story, but they were under four different names. There was the man of steel. There was the regular, just Superman. Then there was Superman in action comics. Um, then I think there might have been the Adventures of Superman. They, 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 they all fed into the same continuity, and they were, but they were released once a week. Yeah, Spider Man had that too. I'm sure. I'm yeah. I'm sure that's the case. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure it's a. I'm, I'm sure it's a common practice. Well, this is Mirage's attempt at doing that. In in like, uh, let's see. The first one was released in May of '87, mm-hmm. and. I don't know if they knew this at the time, but when they created this, uh, like these these seven comics, because it's only seven, they wrote seven books with like five brand new characters that would go on to be used multiple times throughout the history of the Turtles. And we'll get to each one of those new characters. Uh, but there's some really, I, literally iconic stuff that comes out of these books. And it's, there's just, it's just a weird secondary release that is kind of forgotten. Yeah. Uh, this was your first time to read those. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. But they do feel familiar because, well, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you might know where I'm going with this folks. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a lot of familiarity in, in, in this. And uh, after I read read through them, I, you know, I went back and made some notes, and just to just kind of put put into context where these exist in turtles like history. And as I said, the first one came out in May of 1987. Only seven of them were produced, and they were supposed to come out bi monthly. So theoretically, if it was only seven issues, you're looking at about 14 months worth of books. Yeah, theoretically. Mm-hmm. But as we probably have said before, Mirage in the 80s uh, and 90s, they were notorious for being very late. Very late to, 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 to the printer, very late to publish, very late to get to stores. Like, they were, that, that's just their reputation. The Seven Tales books took, let's see, almost two years to release. Wow. May of 87 is when the first one came out. April of 89 is when 
issue Holy s- yeah issue seven came out crap yeah well, i mean when you think about everything they're doing they're doing the mainline series mm-hmm. and they're probably handling stuff back and forth with merchandising and movie mm-hmm. stuff and you know or, or when did the archie stuff hit uh, uh i believe 89 around that time yeah. 88, 89. Yeah. Uh, but, but again, the, like the original TV show debuted. 87. 87. December of 87. Yeah. This, these books started in May of 87. Mm-hmm. Like, again, all of, all of the business deals, all of the creative ideas and action figure licensing and the, the basically pre explosion of the turtles mm-hmm. was happening. So they were very busy men. Yeah. And all of these books were drawn by their their secondary team. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I think Laird is credited as as doing the layouts for one of the books, mm-hmm. but all of them were drawn uh, by. Let's see, Lawson, Lawson, Lawson. They were all drawn by Jim Lawson. Yeah, which he is a workhorse. Early Lawson. Yes, yes. It's it's very early yeah. Lawson. It doesn't even look like Lawson yet. Yeah. Um. So while many of the stories were written and or you know created by the main two, so basically it's it's Lawson and Ryan Brown doing most of the heavy lifting. Uh, you got Levine doing a lot of the the the, the lettering, but but yeah. Uh, it, and again, I read all these with like scanned in originals, so uh, I was able to look at read all the little the forwards uh, and all the notes that because each one of them had like a. a page long lengthy like so this one's late because of this so here's what i've been thinking about this week yeah Yeah, kevin make me write this like there's all kinds of just really cool little anecdotes yeah from 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 the 80s uh and and yeah a lot of it is hey we've been busy Mm -hmm. or we thought we sent them to the printer but we didn't oops yeah and and that's what you get with you know independent comics which is really cool yeah i like that i like that a lot so I guess let's jump into the first issue. This first issue uh, is, of course, number one, and it is written by, or the story is by Eastman and Laird. I and love that tri- that just beautiful cover. Just it's got a really whole, good two-page cover. Yeah, yeah. That would that would work as a as a really good poster. Well, it would. Uh, and I, I guess right here is where we need to talk about the, the like the fronts piece. Like every every issue of Tales has well, like one page at the beginning of it, almost like a Tales from the Crypt. Like, yeah, hey, I'm Donatello. This is some point in the future that we're not going to indicate, and uh, some things got real weird. Let me tell you a story. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and that every one. issue has it. Like yeah. even even uh, going into volume two that was released in the, the in the aughts, that had you know intro pages like that, and that's just a really cool yeah, just just a cool little nugget. It is a cool nugget. It's in every single issue, and and uh, when it got to like volume two, a lot of times it was guest artists doing the intro page. Mm. Okay, so the onus of this issue is they are at they're living in Northampton. And they're trying to fix up the house, get everything working there. Uh, How long were they there? Was it six months? Something like that. Uh, chrono- chronologically, this book was released right after the return, uh, right after issue 10. 
So it's like, hey, the Shredder's back. Here's our companion book. Yeah. And they're in Northampton. Yeah, so this, ta- this story takes place actually during uh, TMNT 11. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and TMNT 11 is the one with all the, the notes. Yeah. The, the, yeah, the notes that, uh, that April wrote. So, wait, does your copy have notes on when it's... Well, that's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, IDW re- reprinted and recolored every single issue, and apparently they put notations as to where they fit in the timeline, which is cool. They did a really good job coloring this. Yeah. Like, the original books do not have the notes about the timeline. Yeah. Just so you know. Uh, so they're fixing everything up, and we have a chat, a chat spotting. Yes, we do. Uh, very, very quickly on like the fifth page. Chet, Chet has a lot of jobs. Yeah, he's got a lot. There's like twenty eight jobs. Yeah, he plus. owns a few businesses. Yeah, yeah. Now it's this time it's uh, an alcoholic beverage. Yeah, Chet's what's that? Ex- specialist export. Special, no, special special export, export specialist. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I have had too many. Uh, well, to, to, to let's. I'm just going to go at a high level here. Stop me if if I skip anything you want to talk about. Yeah, we meet Sid, who it's very quickly announced he is Casey's cousin. Yeah, um, and Sid is a is he's portrayed as a bad guy in in Northampton. Mm-hmm. He he. Let's see what what was the way he he worded it. He was going to go back to the to the to the house in Northampton, and and uh, let's see, he pulled a gun. Oh, he's going to scare him a little. Was was his was his wording? Because basically, Casey's grandfather robbed a train in the eighteen hundreds uh-huh. or the early nineteen hundreds, and the rumor was that he had a fortune that he hid somewhere on the farm. Mm-hmm. Sid thinks that he thinks that Casey knows where that that fortune is uh, and has come to town to keep it for himself. Uh, And so Sid is going to approach him and say, hey, give me my money. It's our inheritance. I'm taking it. Uh, And that's that's the crux of the entire plot of the first book. Yeah, he assembles a crew to kind of, you know, strong arm Casey. Yeah, because he knows Casey's a nut. Yeah, that can take care of himself. Right, right. So he's like, I might need some backup. And he, he brings his cronies to only to find out that there's there's turtle cronies when he gets there. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's, like, there's a whole scene where... Who is this? Yeah, Mikey wears a raccoon coat <laughs> and, and jumps out to scare... Yeah, Donnie's just so they're like they're looking around there, you know, they're they're curious. They're like, what's you know, what's here? So they start kind of spelunking around in the mm-hmm. attic. And uh there, there's a mysterious shadowy figure and <laughs> it looks like when you, you know, leave something in the dryer too long and it just poofs. <laughs> or you're or you're uh you got your you know, you're you're bathing your dog and it has mm-hmm. he, the dog is now set to air fluff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, Sid shows up, tries to strong arm Casey, uh, and the uh, the the turtles see what's going on, and they kind of ninja around the house, lure his uh, his cronies outside, and dispatch each one of them with wonderful like ninja moves. Yeah, 
which is it's really cool to see them use this stuff in Northampton. By the way, they're they're, really they're ninja skills, especially like Leo hiding underneath the snow, uh, which is really cool. And then just sneaks up behind the dude, smacks him in the back of the head with a katana, the the um, hilt. hilt of his katana. Yeah. Thank you. Um. Then I'm yeah. not sure who that is because I don't see his weapons. Um, sneaks up behind <laughs> another guy looking at a trash can. Just karate chops in the back of the neck. Into the trash can. Into the and, trash can. And then Michelangelo uses the raccoon coat to take out the third guy. I'm assuming that then that must have been Raph. Yeah, yeah, that, that would make sense. And then Donatello takes out the fourth one. Like, all the cronies are knocked out. Sid is... Sid is spent well him and casey get into a fist fight uh and they are talking about the the lost treasure and how they're going to find it and blah 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 the grandfather's last words before he dies died were x marks the spot sid searched high and low all over this this farm looking for an x and they couldn't find one well casey was like no spot is the dog yeah where did he bury spot and he buried Spot in this weird tombstone-looking spot at the base of, like, a garage. They go check behind the tombstone, and what do they find? Nice little box there. They both start flipping out. Oh, we found the treasure. Oh, we're rich. Blah, 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 blah. Well, as they're fighting, the box flies open, and in it flies up a bunch of papers that, in black and white, because the original was in black and white, looks like money. Yeah. But in color, the one you're reading is clearly not right. <laughs> green. Um, what is in the what, what's in the uh, box is receipts for donations that were made by their grandmother, who must have found the money mm-hmm. and to make up for her husband's thievery, donated it to charities. Like one of them, you can see a cash donation to the American Cancer Society. Yeah. That's it. There's no, there's no money. You it's know, all gone. Yeah. End of the story. It's Sid. All. Sid has no reason to be fighting them anymore. Nope. Um, there's a there's a one page epilogue where the turtles talk about sticking all of Sid's cronies in uh, the trunk of his car uh-huh. and stealing the key. That's great. <laughs> He's like, you think you found his guys yet? Like, not yet. Yeah. Doubt holding, it. Hold the key. <laughs> so, th- this this story kind of becomes the template. Just one-shot stories that don't bleed over into the next issue in any way. Yeah, that enrich the characters that they're telling the stories about. Mm. What'd you think? It's kind of like you know, I was like, eh, really? Yeah, I was like, well, it's not. I mean, it's not bad. Um, we have some, you know, we have some great moments, but it's just kind of like, it's kind of like lackluster a little bit. That's interesting. Um, do you, I mean, it's, it's a one-off. I mean, but we got a two K three episode out of it. Yeah, like, is do, do you feel like it's lackluster because it's one-off and doesn't carry any any like story later, or is it or is it poorly written? Like, like I don't think it's poorly written. I think you know it's just you know it's just kind of like a just a. It feels like in like a lot of anime you have filler, mm-hmm. and, and so and in some cases some episodes some series have a lot of filler. But it it kind of feels like a little bit of filler, but it's not it's not horrible. I, we get some fun moments out of it. Yeah, but it's yeah, just like yeah. I'm like mm, the rest of the tales are far more interesting. Really? See, I really like this one. Yeah, I like this one because it 
I, but that's probably because I cherish that time they spend in Northampton. Yeah. And any stories set in that, it, it helps color the, you know, that universe. Yeah. And this is a really good example of coloring both the, 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 the turtles themselves, their ninja skills, but also mm-hmm. Casey's backstory, which we don't get that much of. Okay, well, I'll give you that. Yeah. But no, I, can, I, I completely understand someone reading this and saying, what's the point? Right. So we do have a small nugget okay. uh, in one scene uh, when they're in the house. <laughs> there's a Godzilla toy. <laughs> so Godzilla shows up at some point. Let's move on to issue two, which I think you're going to find. You're going to think this is a much better issue. Yeah. I do uh, like this one a lot. Uh, <laughs> and again, we got some beautiful. Uh, the covers for these are just really, really nice. Yeah, yeah. This I really like the cover of this one because the back, nobody is on it. Yeah, like the character of nobody is on it. Mm-hmm. Just a big looming character. And I really want to emphasize how much I like early Lawson. Oh, it's way better than I don't want to say it's way better. I I don't care for the later the later versions as much. I mean, they're not horrible. But I kind of like. It's almost like he was emulating Laird. That's exactly what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I dig it. I just I like it. I don't hate it. Yeah. Um, it's not as good as Laird. And yeah. honestly, I don't think it's as good as later Lawson because once Lawson was drawing the way he wanted to draw, mm-hmm. it has so much character to it. I'll give you that. Um, I'll give you that. I can see why someone wouldn't like it though. It's kind of blocky and weird. Mm-hmm. But it it, it, rem- it reminds me of. Uh, Who's well, who's the guy who draws Hellboy? Mike, uh, Mike something. Uh, yes, Mike McNulty. The styles are very similar. Yeah, yeah. Um, this book was released July of '87. Uh, it is also written by Eastman Laird, or the story by Eastman and Laird. Uh, it's called Nobody's Fool, <laughs> uh, and the art, of course, is Lawson. This one, like the the, the overarching like plot here is that the turtles run into this guy dressed as a superhero mm-hmm. who's basically batman basically he's 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 he, he's he wears an all-black suit with like shoes that are what color are the shoes in in the what color are the boots in in the actual colored version because in later versions they're red he looks all gray Black and gray. Black and gray in in the colored version. Yeah. Uh, in the black and white version, it's just he's just the suit is basically black head to toe, with the the the, the, the feet being more gray. Yeah. And the guy claims to be a cop, and he claims that he's tracking uh, arms dealers, mm-hmm. uh, and he shows them a badge, and the turtles are very skeptical. Hey, we should we trust this guy? There's obviously something going on, so we have to trust him for now, but. Both parties, them and the the caped crusader, are very nervous because they think they're being duped. Yeah, uh, and they kind of they kind of go back and forth a lot mm-hmm. in 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 the issue. I can't trust you. Well, I can't trust you. It's like I'm the one who shouldn't be trusting you. Yeah. It's like it's very similar to uh, Batman vs. Turtles. It's like yeah, yeah. It's like hey, why don't we just trust each other and get this done? Yeah, which ultimately is what happens. Mm-hmm. Now, um, this story takes place after TMNT number 17. Okay. That's a that's a big jump. Mm-hmm. And that's right before Return to New York. Yeah. Uh, technically, they're still in Northampton, I believe. I guess they would have to be. Yeah. But 
this 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 cop guy never technically gives them his name and he tells them he tells the turtles to meet him in two different places to you know assist him with capturing these these arms dealers yeah yeah so they 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 track these guys to 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 a a uh, arms deal that is literally going down cuz he asks him to cuz he's been injured yeah he's been shot just a, it's a mere fle- it's a mere flesh wound yeah and they pull out this big like rifle with a laser sight like and this was 87 so i'm sure laser sights were all the rage all the rage uh and they find out that the deal is literally happening there's not time to really call in back up turtles jump down attack blah 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 they take it out to to a barge because they think hey they're going to float the arms down the river on a barge no they aren't they end up getting a helicopter there was a lot of like bait and switch it's like oh we're gonna fight on a barge oh wait yeah. no we're gonna fight on a helicopter yeah as much like i like the character of nobody a lot yeah, like a too. lot he comes back in in, in later issues mm-hmm. especially like especially in volume two and he comes back in what um the 2k3 show yeah that, that was a that was a great episode yeah uh he we're seeing a pattern here yeah yeah a lot a lot of these things are definitely show up later in 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 peter laird works yeah um a version of nobody is even in the idw books Ooh, i there's a a huge spoiler with that i'm not going to please give you the details on it yeah but it was crazy the way the the direction they take the nobody character there but I, i don't find this book very interesting at all it's you know after after watching tmnt versus batman Mm-hmm. I can see a lot of that in it. Yeah, you yeah. Know. Um, but it's you know it's your your basic. Hey, let's. Uh, it's like an action movie set piece. It seems very eighties action movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like if you if you tried to tell me that nobody was just John McClane, it's like a diehard Ninja Turtles crossover. I could see that. I'd be, I'd be like, all right, I'd yeah, buy it. Yeah, yeah. So. I don't want to say that it, nobody is like a squandered character in this in this book because the book the, the book has a good uh, pace to it. Yeah, a lot of action happens in a very short amount of time. Like it's not a very long book. Mm-hmm. None of these are long books. Uh, I just I just don't know if I like it that much. I mean, I'm I'm really I really enjoyed it. So you definitely like it more than the first one? Yes. Oh, look at that! Yeah. We're flipping the script here, folks. Yeah, it's like it's really weird that one they give zero backstory on nobody. They don't explain why he wears the, the suit. Don't give. They don't show his real face. Like, I mean, that was very common practice in comics. Like a lot of times, like originally Wolverine, we didn't know his origin. Just some drunk guy in a bar, and they. Who had who had scissors for hands? Well, no, they dragged him out of there to experiment on him. Then he had scissor hands. But you can retcon stuff all you want. Yeah. But I mean, like when you first meet Wolverine, he's just a guy, a mutant with blades that come out of his hands, right? Yeah. Who can heal, and yeah. we don't know anything about his backstory. Yeah, then they did so, the backstory later. So I guess I guess you're right. You know, you introduce these interesting characters with a vague promise that you might expound upon that later and i think it's more interesting not knowing everything like yeah. i don't 
But tell me something. I don't have to know everything, little, but tell me bit, something. Just a little bit here and like, there. Like, is the guy's name Craig? It was like, oh, that is a story for another time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess I, I guess I'm trying to project my my wants on on this book when the book is perfectly fine. Yeah. It's not terrible. Or I think in in two K three his boots were red. I think. Oh yeah, they were. Yeah. yeah. His because he had an action figure. Yeah. I don't think I have it, but he had an action figure, yeah. Okay, let's move on to book three. Another gorgeous cover. I really like this cover. It's, this, it's like this, busy. It's very busy, and it is a full two-page cover. Um, and they're fighting this Goro-looking dude. Yeah. Um, but we'll get to that. This one was published in October of 87. Uh, this, this one was the first one that Ryan Brown did the story on mm-hmm. and technically Kevin Eastman is credited with helping, Yeah, but I don't think that's an official like title Eastman helper, but right. that's how he was credited on the website. Art by Lawson. Of course, uh, my only note here is thief. Yeah. Uh, we find out these two dudes are flying in, uh, to New York I believe it's New York. Yeah, the, yeah. What are the notes on this one as to when it's set? Because this one has to be set before ten, simply because second time around still exists. Um, There's no notes. No notes. Well, that's not cool. Nope. Yeah. So this one has to be set earlier uh, because they're flying. They're flying into New York to steal something. Uh, they're. Sig- they, they say out loud that they have to get go to second time around to steal this thing because they are thieves, you know, they're thieves and they have to steal. They have to steal an artifact because it belonged to the king of thieves. Mm-hmm. They cannot buy it, even though it's for sale. It has to be stolen. Right. So they land, they, they, they visit a uh, second time around they, they they talk to April and April's like oh yeah this is what this thing is and they're like cool uh, I don't have my billfold with me well the turtles are living with April at this point takes place during Halloween that's about it I guess the Halloween before the Michelangelo micro maybe that makes sense yeah yeah so they hear something going on downstairs at second time around because they're living in April's apartment above above the store. And they, they walk down there and they find this guy dressed as a wolf man breaking into the store. Well, it turns out the wolf man was a, basically a hired homeless person who had been told to, who had been, was, I, was he like hypnotized or it feels like it. It's yeah. The writing seems like he was, no, he was, uh, poisoned poisoned that's right like, that's right it it's was like a time delay time delay poison which is that's really dark that's very dark slow yeah. acting poison yeah yeah so there he's sneaking in to steal this thing uh and then as he's you know telling the turtles where to find his boss uh he dies he just straight up coughs and dies the artifact is stolen and given to the the thieves who you know flew into town to get this done uh, to fulfill the prophecy that they have uh, to become the king of thieves. Mm-hmm. The turtles track down uh, the bad guys uh, based on the information given from the, the dead homeless guy. Now, I'm not sure why we have a P 
Pee Wee's Playhouse reference in here, but we do. <laughs> Why wouldn't we? I don't know. It's very weird. Oh, is that the Mecca Lecca High, Mecca Hiney Hiney what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because that was, uh, you know, Jombie, you know, the genie in the box. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That is weird. It's very weird. But they were, actually, it, it came on around the exact same time. Mm-hmm. As this, so I did. I did a little bit of research on that. I was like, but "Oh it, wait, like it's really like how do you how can you take your incanta- incantation seriously if you lift it out of Pee Wee's Playhouse?" Yeah, <sighs> whatever. I was like, "Ah, I know what that is." <laughs> uh, well, he's performing this weird seance thing ritual thing with candles and stuff uh, uh, basically with with the uh the little statue we find out from the turtles that the statue was two dollars they could have just bought the statue for two bucks yeah but that that was just a moment like a really funny moment it was like this climactic we're about to have to fight a bunch of stuff and it's like just give us the two dollars yeah I need about tree fitty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, that's wonderful. That's such such a good little like moment of humor right yeah. before this big huge battle." And so, right as the turtles get there to to stop, you know, to to take back this this artifact, he finishes his his magic spell thing, and these little goblin looking winged beings pop out of the. What do they pop out of? They pop out of... Oh, they pop out of the artifact. Yeah. Fly around the room. Let's see. In your book, they're blue. Yeah. Okay. I don't think it was ever established in this what color they were. No. And so they're fighting these little... These things, and and they have to run outside, and they are flying throughout the city. Like, it's basically pandemonium. And the turtles have abandoned the whole idea of stealth. Let's not go out into... New York and just wander around. Yeah. Uh, just in time to see the six armed artifact come to life and start fighting them like Goro. Basically. Yeah. And then there's what a five or six page fight scene. Yeah. Like a, a cool fight scene. Like, Oh yeah, there's some really good action and one really good splash page towards the end, uh, when they defeat the the, the six armed monster thing, just kind of drop him down through through the ground and then all of the little the little guys disappear when they defeat him, and then the cops show up to arrest the thieves. Like it's 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 a very short to the point story with very little uh, consequence outside of the bad guys getting arrested. Yeah. Um, but it has some fun moments. It really does. Uh, one thing I noticed when reading through all of this is there's not a lot of big splash pages. There's a cup. There's, there's ones here and there, but the early turtles books are known for having deliberate art pieces. Yeah. You know, like this, this page is 95% art. Mm-hmm. It's there to look good and be evocative. And I don't know if Lawson just was told not to, or he wasn't inspired by any of these stories or what. There aren't many of them yeah. in any of these books. 
What do you think of this one, Jeff? I enjoyed this one a lot. Um, oh, also we have a uh, we have some nuggets uh, when you're going in the beginning of it when they're going the thieves are going to second time around to the left of that is Dooney's bar. That's Michael Dooney. Yeah. Um, I thought there was a Chet another Chet reference. There's a Chet somewhere in these books. Um, well, we had Chet one. Um, yeah. We also when when he get when the uh, thief gets into uh, second time around and he talks to April on the shelf. We have a Triceratops. Nice. And we have Gumby. Okay. Gumby freaking <laughs> shows up. Wouldn't show up in the original because he's you know it's black and white. But I was like, oh my gosh, that's Gumby. Okay. All right. It almost feels like I can't remember if this was completely adapted into 2K3 or if it felt like it was nano. Uh, I can see that. I can see that. Because I know we get Mikey carving a pumpkin Mm -hmm. later. And, of course, the turtles are excited because it's Halloween. They get to, like, hey, it's a one time of the year we get to walk around without. You know, that's why they're able to walk. They mention it in the story. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So... It, yeah. it does make sense then. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know why I overlooked that. Yeah. I can totally see the nano references now. Yeah. Okay. It really feels like that one. That's uh, cool. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. And it did come out in October, so they actually kind of hit their tar- target on that one. Yeah. Let's move to issue four. Probably one of your favorites. I love this. Okay. I l- hate that this is not as good as I want it to be. Mm-hmm. Because this is the debut of the Rat King. And speaking of great covers, the cover on this one is phenomenal. It's bonkers. Yeah. In the best way possible. Uh, the story on this one's called I Monster. Uh, it was, this one is Jim Lawson all the way. Story and pencils. Yeah. And the, the Rat King is one of my favorite villains. Yeah. Well, quote unquote villains. And and this is the first issue where he shows up. The Rat King made his debut in 87. No, I'm sorry, in early 88. By 89, he was already in the cartoon. Yeah. Because he came in in season three in an episode called uh, Enter the Rat King. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. And the Rat King has a mystique to it, like a Pied Piper mystique to it with these rats. Yeah. And reading the original comic that he came from, None of the cool stuff is there. Yeah. He's just a weird homeless guy. Yeah. He's the, in, in, in the original comic, like he sees himself as a monster. Mm-hmm. It's hence the name of the book. I monster. Mm-hmm. And he lives in this, 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 what is, you know, the, the story is that it's, it's like a haunted old building, right? People think it's so haunted that it's clean. Like there's no, graffiti like there's no like trash or litter or anything people just stay out of the building that he lives in because they're scared of him right the turtles and casey want to investigate because they're you know teenagers and they love that kind of stuff yeah well it's casey's idea well because he's a loose cannon who doesn't who doesn't know what's best for him not two days from retiring (laughs) (laughs) and we get very little context as to who the Rat King is. I'm not even sure he uses the phrase Rat King. I think so. We'll find out. Uh, we do have notes. Okay. Uh, the story takes place before TMNT 19. So before 
return to New York. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, that that helps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If it's set before 19, it has to take place before Raphael comes back, which means that this is not New York. Uh, long story short, Michelangelo gets kidnapped by the Rat King and tied to a board uh, and basically said, I'm going to feed you to the rats. Michelangelo breaks out using his ninja strength. Yep. Like a ninja do. Yeah, yeah. Only to be saved by a yabba-dabba-doo screaming Donatello. Yes. <laughs> and the rest freaking, of the, the gang. Freaking great. <laughs> they chase the Rat King through this, this factory area and into, a, into what they know is a trap. But they, they do have to pursue him. They're tearing up rats left and right. Yeah, yep. And they get locked in this big brick. What's it called? I don't even know what it's called. Like almost like the, it's good. almost like a cooling tank, like on like at a, a power plant. Yeah. Even though that's obviously not what it is. And then he proceeds to fill the cooling tank area with rats. Yeah. To eat them. And the, the like the way he he put it, he wanted to control the rats with his mind, but he's not able to. He was only able to manipulate their behavior by feeding them, like stre- uh, strategically. Yeah, which completely removes the mystique of the character of the Rat King. Yeah, it does. But we get more rat squishing action. True. Uh, the, the the turtles bust through the brick wall and throw a shuriken at the Rat King, knocking him into the cooling tank. Who he's sitting on top of, which has got to be like, what? 30, 40 foot fall? Yeah. At least. Uh, and the, the 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 story ends with him sitting in the cooling ta- tank declaring that he is the Rat King. Yeah, so he does say he, he is. He does finally King. say it yeah. at the end. Yeah. But that doesn't mean anything if they're just your pets. You know? Yeah. So obviously he's fine. <laughs> yes, obviously he's fine. It's oh man, like I remember this issue with such rose rose tinted glasses uh-huh. because I like the Rat King so much, and re- reading it back was just a colossal disappointment. Yeah, there's just not a whole lot yet. Yeah, there's not a whole lot to him at all. To it, just he's just some hobo. Just yeah, there's they don't explain why he's a hobo, like they don't explain why he has all the rags that he wears. They don't explain why he thinks he's a monster. Maybe he got amnesia. Who knows? Maybe he's maybe he's a veteran. Maybe he had a traumatic like accident. Something. Maybe he's gone crazy. Like we don't know. And just just like the the nobody issue, like we aren't given enough backstory yeah. to really create a narrative in our head. Yeah. Which for this character is kind of tragic because I want more. Yeah. It's fine though. It's fine. It's, I'll be fine. It's perfectly fine. You'll be all right. I'll be fine. You'll be all right. Just watch Enter the Rat King. <laughs> That's not fun. No. <laughs> no. The Rat King comes back in what? He comes back in 2K3. He comes back in 
He comes back multiple times in uh, the '87 cartoon. Well, yeah, yeah, he's like he's a weird sideshow character in the '87 yeah. cartoon a yeah. few times. Yeah, um, he makes a significant comeback in uh, the Red Sky season. Yeah, yeah, he's like a major character. Oh, like he wears a trench coat. And really stuff, good right? episode. That's like one of my favorites. Um, we've already talked about the episode where he debuted in the Nick show. Yeah, that was which was cool. Something else and a completely different origin. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a major player later on in the IDW books. Yeah, it was good. Like I'm planning an episode later that we're going to go and just talk about the Rad King. Oh, as a character spotlight. As a character spotlight. I'm and okay with that. Can't wait. Yes. Can't wait. Let's move on to the next one. The next one is another debut, uh, or an issue with characters debuting in it, in it, and it is uh, Complete Carnage and Radical. Yeah. Complete, uh, let's see, what, what's the name of that one? Yeah. Complete Carnage and Radical. Uh, yeah. This one also was a Lawson joint, and it was published in May of 1988. And so far, I'm not seeing any notes. No notes as to when it's set. Nope. It uh, it's it, this one's tough because they're obviously it's set sometime where April has the van. Yeah. But there is no mention of the uh. Of second time around, there's no mention of Northampton, so we, we're not really sure where this takes place. I don't think, and and I'm sure that it's assumed that this this takes place in New York simply because Complete Carnage is he refers to himself as he is the city, and it would make most sense for him to be on the offensive in New York City, where everything is made of concrete. Yeah, and actually, I think. The, the phrase concrete jungle is thrown around. So let's just assume it's set in New York. Uh, quick backstory on Radical and Carnage. They are basically two sides of the same coin. Carnage being the bad guy, Radical being the good guy. Uh, they were created by a lightning bolt. One <laughs> Carnage was a construction worker who was working with, was it concrete? Yeah. When he was when when the lightning struck, and so he became one with the the element of man made objects. Yeah, he mute. I was like mutated him. I'm right. Like, How? Okay. Hey, it's comics, man. Yeah. Uh, we're t- <laughs> we're literally we literally have a comic book or a, a, a podcast about mutant turtles. So yeah, that's more plausible. There's like radio, there's radioactive materials Is from it? space. Who knows? But this. Oh, he got mutated by lightning. Wait, lightning. What? <laughs> was the lightning mutated already? What? Wait, what? Was it like Newton? Like alien lightning? What? What? Uh, then we and we have Radical, who was struck by the same lightning bolt, but in Central while jogging, Park. yeah, in in Central Park, and becomes like super strong and and is how does how does it put like liquid energy? Liquid energy, which I'm pretty sure that's Red Bull. That's Red Bull. Yeah, she's powered by Red Bull. Hey, B, you thirsty? <laughs> So as I said, two sides of the same coin. Radical is always beating complete carnage. They fight a lot. Uh, it's 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 like a Batman Joker situation. And uh, at one point, Radical decides he's go- she's going to throw Carnage to the North Pole. She throws him, and he bounces off of a 
airplane. <laughs> Dink. Yeah. Bounces off the, the bottom of an airplane and lands basically with these weird monks. Yeah. That train him to. What's tap, it? tap into his tap it, t- yeah his, his uh be, become aware of his potential yeah it's it's like in 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 Batman Begins when when Batman goes to that prison and learns how to be Batman or like any kung fu movie ever hey sure that too yeah because <laughs> I know kung fu it's this this seems like a this I'm I'm sure this is also an anime plot somewhere probably is this Goku like is this how Goku happens maybe okay is no, it no, no it's not no okay. it's not no. <laughs> what about Naruto? <laughs> no. Well, there are similar archetypes. They have to go somewhere to be trained by someone to, you know, get that hidden potential. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so Radical's just living in New York thinking that, you know, Carnage is gone. Carnage shows up to kill Radical and does probably the coolest thing in all seven of these books. And that is reach up from underground grab her bike tire yeah and cause her bike to flip over that's pretty dope it was really dope because all you see is his little fingers popping out of the ground gotcha it's kind of like a uh, martian manhunter thing because he can phase through Mm -hmm. objects yep martian manhunter or what or or kitty pride yep yeah Uh, you know of course before that right when she cuts in front of april that's and that's how the turtles get involved yeah she cuts them off and then immediately crashes her bike and is attacked by a monster <laughs> who's got um like speedos yeah this time because before he didn't yeah he is stronger than he's ever been he's leveraging the environment in ways that radicals never seen before they fight and they fight and they fight uh the turtles pursue because i thought you were going to go into an itchy and scratchy yeah they fight they fight they fight they fight they fight 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 uh we get a we get a a nice uh throw to michael dooney again uh in dooney concrete products yes carnage has this idea that if he encases radical in concrete he can then suck all of her power out by absorbing the concrete thus absorbing her power sure why not you know you got mutated by lightning. hey go ahead like whatever he doesn't strike me as the smartest yeah. guy no so why not uh the turtles pursue and then they pop up literally out of nowhere like a ninja do yeah like that was the most jarring like when i was flipping through this book digitally i literally thought a page was missing because yeah and there's clearly not. But. Yeah, I, I feel like they kind of had to cram stuff in here at the end. Uh, but there's a fight scene between all f- all of the, the characters involved. They set Radical free. They set, of course, they yeah they set Radical free, and then there's the fight scene. Radical pulls Carnage's arm off, and then <laughs> runs away. <laughs> nope. Tag, you're it. Yeah, yeah. They then play keep away with uh, with Carnage's arm, which is great. It's stupid. It's really stupid. It is stupid, but I love it. Uh, So more fighting, more fighting. Really good fight. Like the 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 fight scene in this one is really fun. I really like it. Yeah. Carnage or I'm sorry, Radical decides she's going to use her particle beam ability to 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 blast Carnage into pieces. He explodes into a 
basically piles of pebbles, Radical is nowhere to be seen. Yeah. So the turtles assume that there was a one-time usability and she's dead now. And Carnage is in pieces. They aren't sure if he's able to come back from that. So they take all of the pieces of Carnage and mail them to the different corners of the United States. Like, this is such a campy, dumb issue. I love it so much, Jeff. But, uh, but who do they mail it to first? Oh, Chet Manley. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, no, dude, like the, the very last panel of this comic is carnage's like arm hitchhiking its way down the highway to try to find the different pieces of his body. Yeah. Dude, I love how dumb this issue is. Yeah, it's pretty bonkers. I love it so much. Chet's in for a surprise. Yeah. yeah. They, they, and they, like they mailed it. Ain't no way that postage is that low if they're low if they're mailing rocks. 18 cents. If you're mailing rocks in the post. I don't know. But d- d- it was the 80s, folks. <laughs> and And they were mailing them as like, here's a prize. It's a piece of New York City. Yeah. It's just so, so dumb. And and Radical and Carnage come back. Oh, good. They, yeah, they, they, there are more issues with them in it later. Oh, nice. Uh, I don't know if those are considered canon, uh, but they are kind of mainstays uh, from, from now on. Did Do they ever pop up in 2K3? I don't remember them popping up in 2K3. I don't remember. Uh, but, but honestly, so far, we've made it to issue five. Yeah. This is my favorite one of the five. Okay. Not because it's the best, because it's the most fun and weirdest. And I think turtles really benefit from stories being super weird. Agreed. So, so there's that. Yes. Moving on. Another great cover. The next up, next up we have the long anticipated debut of our friend Leatherhead. And I don't see notes. Don't see notes. No. This one was published several months after the, the Carnage one um, in August of 1988. Uh, stories by Ryan Brown, which is kind of cool to, to to know that Ryan Brown is who invented Le- Leatherhead. Yeah, he is also responsible for some some Volume One books that star Leatherhead la- later in the run oh, cool. that we'll get to eventually. So this book goes places. You would think it with Leatherhead being like this being a debut for a new character that it would focus like exclusively on him. It does not. Uh, The book opens with a a hunter killing the the very last blue elephant. Is it blue elephant? Like a jerk. Yeah. Yep. That takes a lot, buddy. Yes. Yeah. The Madagascan blue elephant. And he is being followed by some looks like like another hunter who's hunting him. Looks like a, I don't know. Yeah. I'm I'm not quite positive. It kind of looks like a game warden. Like, Hey, Hey, Hey guy, don't kill that elephant. Yeah. I'm a, Nope. Don't do that. Mess you up. Uh, the turtles are fighting the foot. So that means it's got to take place. There's really no way of knowing. Cause there really isn't. It's not before one. We know that. No. Uh, 
it's definitely after. I would say it's probably after they return to New York. Probably. Yeah. That seems. Yeah. It's definitely not in, in Northampton. I can say that yeah. much. Uh, so this hunter finds out, hears of a tale of a giant alligator in the sewers of New York. And so he travels to New York City to track that per- that alligator down. Who does he find when looking for the alligator? The four turtles. Yep. He realizes they're not human, and he's like, oh, you go- you'll look really good in my trophy case. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, wasn't it? Wasn't? Oh, okay. Nice. This is not a knife. You've been practicing? Rice-up-lights. Rice-up-lights. rice up lights. Uh, so, so they're, they're attacked and well, and then more foot soldiers show up. They stumble into a trap door that leads to what is obviously a lair in the lair is a bunch of tech equipment and they're like, someone is living here. What is going on? Giant bed. Someone is smart. Yeah. And so they're, they're, they're trying to figure out exactly what's going on when their, uh, their hunter buddy pops through, the, pops through the wall. Just There's a lot of Kool-Aid man behavior in this, in, in this seven-issue run. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And before the hunter can shoot any of the turtles, Leatherhead makes his debut on page 18. So for it to be an issue where an important new character shows up, he doesn't show up till page 18. Yeah. And the guy faints. What he does is great. Like (laughs) after he gets a hold of him, he's like stupid human. And then like the, the panel below, (laughs) he looks like a Muppet. (laughs) It's like, it's like, Hey, you guys, <laughs> please don't fear me. <laughs> I mean, that's Put away your weapons. Pretty, oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Follow me. I'll explain. Uh, Leatherhead then goes on this long explanation of exactly where he comes from, which is cool because we finally get a new character that knows where he came from. Yeah. Uh, and it turns out that he was mutated much like the turtles in the sewers of New York, uh, but was found by the, uh, Utrams and raised to live amongst them. Being a, you know, a being that wants freedom, he would periodically leave the Utrams uh, TCRI building. And one day when he came back, they were gone. Make like a dope freaking, you know, secret layer. But yeah, so this, this is definitely maybe around return to New York. I don't know. It, like, no, I yeah. want to know. It's, to, it's, it's tough. It's I tough. I need to know. Like, it, it could be before 10 yeah. or after Return to New York. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he comes back, the Utrams are gone, and all he, all he found was the wreckage of the destroyed TCRI building, and he scavenged all of their, you know, their tech, and he's trying to build a way to teleport to them and live amongst, you know, his friends that he was yeah. raised with. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, so where... Traditionally, people think Leatherhead, they think Cajun bad guy. Yeah. He was very much not a bad guy in, in the original Mirage comics. Which I would have liked to have seen. You know, as cool as we, you know, as cool as he was in the cartoon and, 
you know, uh, you know, Jim Cummings bringing him to life, you know, through that great Cajun voice. I think it would have been great to have like another ally, kind of like the punk frogs. Let's let's have another ally for the turtles. <laughs> you know, because there weren't enough of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would have been that would have been great. Yeah, and 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 like Leatherhead comes back a lot. Not only is he in more Mirage comics, he is in 2K3. He's in the Nick the Nick show. Yeah, he's in the IDW books. Like yep. he he is. And all as a Cajun bad guy, arguably a top ten character. Oh yeah, easy. You know, like like it's like between him and Baxter Stockman. Yeah, as to who gets that tenth that tenth slot. Um. So what it comes down to is they're making their way through the sewer to get away from this hunter guy, and they go to this giant abandoned bridge. It breaks. They're separated from the the hunter. The hunter then is all like, I'm going to shoot you anyway. And then is shot by the guy who was following him yep. in the trigger finger. Which is such a weird... Like, if you're going to shoot him anywhere, you shoot him right where he can't shoot any other animals. Yeah, he threw a knife. Is it, was it a knife? Yeah, he threw a knife. It was a knife. Right oh, at his wow, that's even, trigger finger. that's even cooler. Yeah. So so yeah, he he can no longer shoot anybody and then falls backward to his death into the gorge that the uh presumably to his death. Into the gorge that separate like that separates the you know turtles from the the hunter guy. Like it's a really cool ending to it. I really like this book as well. Oh me too. I like a lot. Uh the epilogue shows the turtles showing Leatherhead, their old lair, and basically offering it to him as a new home. Yeah. Which has Mauser pieces in it, which he can then use to try to continue his work on his transmat. Yeah. This one is great and actually good. It really is. The complete Carnage book was great, but bad. Does that make sense? Yeah. So. Yeah. This this one is the best one. Yeah. I think of all of them. And it's a great origin to the to the Leatherhead story. Yeah. What did you think, Jeff? I really enjoyed it. And, of course, we definitely got this in, you know, the story in 2K3. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, you know, the next series. Um, I think those were – I think those stories were pretty close. Yes. Well, no. In the Nick ones, of course, there, you know, he's not friends with the Utrams. Or the Krang. Well, that's because yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Krang are bad guys. Yeah, but, but he's still but, a good guy in yeah. in the in the, yeah. in the Nick show. Two K three definitely. Um, that's you know, it's it's very it's very close to the source material in Two K three. But we did not get the Hunter in that. That's right. Moving on, the last issue of the first volume of Tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a story about Renette. And She's Sav- back. And Savante Romero. Also translated into 2K3. Yes, very closely, yes. Um, this book was released, check it, I'll say September, October, November, December, January, February, March. Nine months later. Wow. Yeah. Uh, there is a very long story in the front of this one explaining <laughs> why this was delayed for so long. They even called it the book that time forgot. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so to 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 put this in perspective, the first the first book, like the first Tales book, was released before issue ten of the regular series. Yeah, before issue ten. Book seven was released the same month as issue twenty. Oh wow. They published ten regular books between number one and number seven. So it didn't quite go as planned to do this, you know, every other month, but it was it was a funny little experiment. Uh no 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 notes. No notes. Well it's a it's a time story, so technically it can happen anywhere, right? This is true. Uh let's just run through this plot because it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um but we know that, you know, the turtles are hanging out with April in New York. Yeah. But so. that could be think that anywhere anytime yeah um it's definitely after issue eight you get turtles in clothes again yeah in like full-on clothes which is great uh it almost looks like they took their shells off it almost does (laughs) um april and the turtles are hanging out at a museum and while they're hanging out at the museum one of the prehistoric dinosaur bone sets transforms into the head of Savante Romero. This is Donnie and Mike, I think. Is it just, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just two of the turtles. Yeah. And the last, you know, the last thing we, we remember is in issue eight, they left Romero in the prehistoric age. Yeah. To die. Well, very shortly after that, they meet up with the other turtles, and who shows up? Renette. Yep, and all of her curvaceous glory. Yeah, and apparently her she she's she's been through a lot of training. She's real close to passing her uh, time lord test. Even her the clocks on her uh, outfit have been upgraded. <laughs> yes, the and like the scepter now looks like it's is it's holding an iPhone. Basically, it's, it's real weird. <laughs> it's very weird. Uh, so she basically is like, well, I need your help again. Made uh, by Timex. Of course. <laughs> the Timex Time Scepter. She was sent there to, uh, by Lord, Lord Simultaneous, uh, as he thought, uh, the crisis there going to experience would be a good final exam oh that's right because he can see the future he's yeah. lord simultaneously yeah that's okay all right and of course the crisis is the savante romero problem in the prehistoric time so she grabs the four turtles they go back in time and they immediately have to deal with dinosaurs yay <laughs> i love dinosaurs. it's it's crazy how often the turtles have to deal with dinosaurs i know right yeah, like there's a video game where they have to deal with dinosaurs, right? Yep. Uh, they do it here. They do it in uh, the original cartoon. They do it in 2K3, right? Yes. There were action figures. Yeah. Uh, where the turtles rode dinosaurs and where the turtles were dinosaurs. Dino hunters or something like that. Yeah. 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 They. They they do an entire Turtles in Time run on in the IDW books. There was a kids Turtles movie, I think. With, yes, there was. Yeah, yeah. yep, yep. I the, don't the, have my, that. Like the My Heroes thing. Yeah. yeah, that was adorable. Yeah, pointless, adorable though. Yeah, the, yeah. Like 
I, how are those things combined? I don't understand. Number one, dinosaurs always sell toys. Well, dinosaurs are timeless. Always. Yeah. Kids will like dinosaurs till the end of time. Yes. So, okay. I got you. I get you. Cervantes shows up riding a dinosaur. Not just any dinosaur. A T-Rex. The king. And very quickly, things go sideways. The turtles have to ride dinosaurs. Actions, action happens. Fighting happens. At the end of the fight, Romero kidnaps Renette and has the Time Scepter. Brought to you by Timex. Yes. And the turtles, you know, they... they uh, you gotta they track her down. They pursue, yeah. and they chase chase them to this like lake thing, this giant like spire spire yeah, structure thing that is suspended over a lake. Uh, as they get closer to the spire, they find out that it's made out of bones. So they climb the spire, they get up to the top, and they find that this the that Romero has tied. Renette into the middle of it. Like, looks like a big Cheerio. Like a, yeah. Or a booty hole. (laughs) 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 Okay. So, so basically, Savante is, is preparing a ritual. Obviously, at the top of the spire. Yeah. To, I'm not sure what what the goal is. I mean, it's obviously to kill Renette. Yeah. But it's most it's it's likely to travel back in time or do something. I can't. I, His ultimate goal is to have the time scepter. But he already has the time scepter. Yeah, like, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, buddy? Well, obviously, the turtles fight him, and they climb up and try to take the time scepter out. They successfully remove Renette from the equation. He wants to destroy the world, basically. Okay. All with right. this giant... Time spire. This giant bolt of cosmic energy will enter the atmosphere and just... Is that what killed the dinosaurs? Might be worse. <laughs> well... Yeah, worse than that. Yeah. During the fight, they free Renette, and they climb up to take the uh, the time scepter out of the the spire and in the process Savante gets struck by the the cosmic beam yeah not even the weird creepy bone armor he had put around his body to fight the turtles uh can save him yeah this theoretically kills him and he falls into the lake below with the time scepter the giant bone spire thing then starts to crumble beneath their feet and the turtles are stranded just full on stranded in prehistoric times with Renette. Yep. For three months, for three months, basically which is the coolest part of this book. Just, yeah. just for the record, yeah. them revealing that they were in prehistoric time for three months. Well, they're fishing and they get some food. They're going to eat. Uh, the, 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 obviously, time is enough time has passed for them to craft craft like Gilligan's Island style living quarters. Yep. And the fish that they fish out of the lake has the spot or has the has the the scepter, the time scepter in it. Yeah, swallowed it like ooh candy. 
Yeah. And once that's out, Renette is able to put everything back to normal. What do you think about this this issue? No, I love it because I love Renette. Yeah. Anytime Renette shows up is just a guaranteed good time. That's true. Because she's ditzy and goofy. Mm Mm-hmm. She's well written. Okay, she's I'll very well yeah. written. She's always well written. Um, and then she shows back up, and uh, she shows up in two K three a couple of times, and then we get her in the next series, which I yeah. haven't seen yet. Yep. Um, yep. So yeah, she is. She like the, both those characters end up being some of the more important characters in the the turtles legacy. Yeah. Uh, I just don't know how much I like this story. Yeah. Oh, I I enjoy. You it. know, I love time stories. Yeah. I just don't feel like the turtles have ever been involved with one that makes much sense. Cause this yeah. one doesn't make much sense. They didn't do it. Did they, I'm trying to think they did time story in the Nickelodeon one. Yeah. 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 It, it and I'm not remembering that one too well right now, but yeah. literally to solve this problem, they just didn't have to go back in time. Yeah. They, they started their own problem. They by actually just hinted by going. at that. Like, like, I think Don lays in all the uh, techno babble. Like, mm-hmm. it's like if we don't go back, then he's still stuck, right? Yeah, like we're yeah. good. We're good. We don't need to. Yeah, we don't need to do this. It's 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 like the whole uh, like paradox that yeah. the Terminator franchise is built on. Yeah, like if if the robots don't ever send a robot back, they'd be fine. Exactly, because the only reason John Connor exists is because they sent. Yeah. Sorry, it's it's a paradox that doesn't work in my brain. Right. No, even though sense. even though I love the series, it's whatever. No, I get it. I get um, it. And that's it. That's the yeah. seven concise, very to the point, no bleed over issues mm-hmm. in the original Tales run. Um, this run has a legacy. Like things came from it. Mm-hmm. Things are still coming from it. Mm-hmm. Like as as recently as. Two months ago, the Rat King was in an IDW comic. Mm. So we're still feeling the effects of these seven issues, as good and bad as they are. Yeah. You know, uh, I, my favorite is still the Leatherhead issue. It is yeah. That is the best one of the run. It's um, a very good one. But I enjoy every time. Every time I read through these, I appreciate them in a, in a different way. So mm. how would you feel as a whole? Overall, I really enjoyed this. I always, you know, because, you know, I didn't really grow up reading the comics. Right. So getting to read a lot of these for the first time, it's just really nice because like, it just kind of reaffirms my love um, for the Turtles. Talking about these these comics is, again, is it's fun seeing talking to someone who is just now reading them. Yeah. Because... I read these 15 years ago that now, like I've, mm-hmm. I, I've, I don't remember my first time I read them. Mm-hmm. So being able to sit and talk with someone who it's fresh is, is exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah. So I'm digging it. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. Uh, what are we talking about next time? Next time is episode 30. So what does that mean? Ooh, it's a character spotlight. That's right. right. Who yeah. do you think's next? We talked about April last. It's either splinter or shredder. That is correct. We're doing Splinter. Ah. Uh, I, I actually could have just asked you. Like, I'm in charge. We could change it to whatever yeah. character you want. Yeah, no, Splinter's fine. Yeah, let's do Splinter. Yeah. Uh, Splinter will be the focus of next uh, 
next episode, which will be about two weeks from now. Jeff, where can we find you? As always, Sergio, uh, you can find me at the Warp Zone Arcade uh, in the Crossgates Brandon area. Always down from the Krogers. We have over four to five hundred plus games. Uh, we're a little bit modern, a little bit vintage, uh, retro style arcade. Um, we do tournaments, birthday parties, uh, re- a retro restoration. We we clean and restore those uh, cartridge uh, games and uh, cartridge based systems. We got our newest addition to the uh, our Neo Geo. Um, Arcade cabinet lineup is Windjammers. Windjammers, which is if if folks if you don't know what Windjammers is, go to go to YouTube, type in Windjammers Neo Geo, probably one of the best like sports games ever made. Think Pong meets air hockey meets extreme frisbee, and just <laughs> crazy fun. Um, took me a while to track this baby down, and I'm very excited to uh, have added it um, to our uh, our library. It's, It'd be interesting to see how much how much play gets this weekend. So come see us, folks. We got a lot going on. We've always got you know something going on. We can't wait to see y'all. All right. Just go to Reality Breached for me. Realitybreached.com on all of our different socials. Be sure to follow Shellheads on Facebook and on Instagram. Mm. Uh, I'm I'm putting together some some stuff to post. So yeah, follow us on Instagram at Shell. I think it's Shellheads Podcast. I believe is the handle there. Uh, and just if you search Shellheads on Facebook, it should pop up. And thank you for listening. Uh, tune in next time. You're Sergio. I'm Jeff. <laughs> I'm Sergio. I'm Jeff. I'm Sergio. You're. I'm Sergio. <laughs> I'm Jeff. And we're Shellheads. <laughs>an episode of the shellheads podcast visit realitybreach.com or subscribe on apple podcasts stitcher or anywhere you get your podcasts